previously on Just Cow in the City. But they don't have that in New York. It's the same donut, but they don't put the chocolate drizzle on it. Why? They had chicken parm on the one Tuesday I wasn't there. Who's Renee? Why isn't it Renee? Want to eat outside in Times Square? You, everybody's honking, cars come out of Lincoln Tunnel, people walking around. No thanks. So I hooked up the entire bar with the NFL package, and then we didn't even get a discount on the food. Hotcha, just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another very exciting episode of Just Go in the City. Nothing has happened this week that's very exciting, but I'm excited because the teaching thing is is, is going forward. It's happening. It's unbelievable. It's uh, I, I still can't believe it. Everything is uh, going to be okay. Well, anyway, I just hope everybody had a... Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I just... I, I guess I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I hope everybody had a great week. I hope everybody uh, who was celebrating had a... A very easy Yom Kippur. You know, if you were fasting and then had the, the bagels with the shmir and some locks. I came home early. I left at lunch on Tuesday and uh, so I could have my order delivered just from this deli. I do it every year. They have a, a locks. What is No, it's a, a Nova platter or something. So it comes with the cream cheese, the locks, a tomato, an onion. It's so convenient. And that I order, you know, like a pound of pickled herring. Because, you know, herring and cream sauce is absolutely delicious. And, uh, you know, I get some Swiss cheese and a, some chopped herring. And I, you know, I really go to town. And it's really fun. But, I mean, would it be fun to do it with other people? I guess. But it's, like, so gross that it's probably better myself. But, you know, who wants to hang around other people during Yom Kippur when you're just not eating or drinking or anything? So it's not cool. But anyway... That's I don't know what the point of that story was. The point of that story is, you know, now that I think about it, what I forgot to tell you last week, when I went to that restaurant, the West Bank Cafe, and had, you know, and just an okay time, and like I said, the food was just okay, and the service was pretty bad, I forgot to tell you the most important part, which I couldn't believe when I was listening back. I'm like, wait, how could I forget to mention the girl came up with the the tip calculator again, you know, the the, the electronic bill payment thing. You know, the thing I hate most in the world. I put my card in there, and she's sitting over me again, waiting for me to put... I said, listen, get out of here. I got to figure out the tip. I don't want you hovering over me. I definitely said that to her, because this kind of shit is pissing me off. I got to figure it out. I mean, maybe I don't have to figure it out, but it's just like, I want to figure it out. Don't hover over me. Well, I can't believe I forgot that point. I guess I just kind of let it go because the whole night was kind of a bust in a way. Yeah, it was really like bothering me. I mean, I just, I forgot to mention it. There's another place where they just sit there. At least she put it down and she wasn't holding it in her hand. But I told her to get lost because she was really pissing me off. And at that point, since nothing's coming, you know, no more food or anything, you can tell the waiter to get lost because there's nothing they could do. The only thing, you know, next time, 
when it happens because I wasn't expecting it. Like, you know, when I go to that Rosemary's place again because I really want to go and do this, I'm going to say, listen, I need you to take a walk around the thing because your tip is completely affected by the next 30 seconds. You know, something like that that's going to make uh, him or her very uncomfortable because fuck them. They don't give you a minute. Now, I know they just give you 15%, 20%, 25%, and you know what you want to put, but it's like, I know I'm just going to put 20 but then I had to put more because my friend owned the place, so I do have to figure it out, and you want to figure it out, and you want to make them sweat a little bit because they ain't bringing any more food to you, so it doesn't matter. Look how I went from joyful to, to, to pissed off again. It's unbelievable, and quite frankly, last week after we left, it was fucking unbelievable. Jeff Ross calls. He goes, oh, I'm in town. I'm like, you know how I hate that. That ruins my weekend of doing nothing. But I just I didn't want to. See, I just I, I just was not in the mood for going out. I, I don't know. You know me. I'm so strange. I've been going out on Thursday nights, which is great. That's the proper night to go out because, like I said, in Jersey, because I'm not doing anything Friday except doing the podcast. And then I just I don't know. I just don't feel like doing anything unless I have plans. But I can't come up with plans just on the seat of my pants like that. I Gotta be prepared. Like, I know on Sunday, this Sunday, I'm going to see Billy Joe with Gary Goldman. Thank God I am no in advance. Can you imagine if he called me at 5 o'clock in the afternoon? Of course, I'd probably say yes. But half of me just says, no, I wasn't planning on going out today, so I don't know what you're talking about. This is driving me crazy. I know. I don't like last-minute plans. It just doesn't work for me. It's just the way I am, the way I've always been. And I just don't care. And I don't want to do what Jeff's doing and hang around the comedy cellar because I just don't like hanging around there anymore. And that's, but I mean, it's not, I'm not blaming Jeffrey. He's was like, well, we should see a Broadway show. And I'm like, well, I'm working Saturday and Sunday. And then Yom Kippur is like, you know, Tuesday. I got to go to a funeral on Monday. Yom Kippur is Tuesday and Wednesday. So I don't know. So I could have gone maybe with him on Thursday. He said, choose one. I'll pay for it. And I really did want to see something. I was thinking about seeing that funny girl, or maybe there's previews of, Almost Famous, you know, the movie with uh, Cameron Crowe and everything. I, you know, I mean, it was always good if somebody else was going to pay. That's even better. But I just don't feel like doing anything. And this week was weird because, I mean, I would normally just go out and I would, let's, let's go to Wednesday. But it's a weird week because it was the, the Jewish holiday, doing the air quotes, the, the, the holiest of holidays. And quite frankly, my mother told me about this. You know, we don't go to temple anymore or I don't go. And now my mother doesn't really go because she's in this home and stuff, you know. And my sister's not even going because, you know, we all, this is really interesting. You know, we all, we all any of you who are listening who happen to maybe be Jewish, uh, you understand like when you were kids, you're just always going to temple and it, and it sucked. There's nothing better. I'm sure you feel the same way about church, maybe. And maybe some of you have, you know, gotten into it. But, but here's the thing. So I think it covers all religion. Temple sucks, you know. I mean, it sucked. Everything about it sucks. The wasted time, the fact that you have no idea what's going on. It's boring. It's dull. Half of them, it's not even in English. So what are you doing? The tunes are boring and dull. Everything about it stinks. So my mother tells me on Tuesday night, she's like, well, I'm going to watch the, uh, I'm going to watch the service. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. They have it on TV here. And I'm like, you mean the service from like downstairs in your building? No, 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 it comes from the Central Synagogue in New York City. I'm like, the Central Synagogue? That's right by my house. How do you get that channel? She goes, yeah, anybody can get it. I'm like, they can? So I looked it up on my provider. It's like, you know, 
1076, the Jewish channel. And there it was, a live feed for Kol Nidre services, is what the night before Yom Kippur's called, and live from Central Synagogue right down the street from me. And so I put it on, and I was like, you know, I never wanted to go to temple. I didn't want to do anything, but for some reason, I loved being able to watch it on TV. And then the, the rest of the next day, I just had that channel on the entire time because, you know, it's an all-day service. And they even had the way we when we were kids. They have the family services at one point. Then they have the Yisker service, which is the, like a kind of a memorial service. Then they have the conclusion service. And they also did like one in the Hamptons as well because that's the Orthodox. So they had Reform and Orthodox. And it was really great. And for so many reasons... So when I was watching, and I've never wanted to go back to Temple again, I told my mother at one point, I'm like, I'm done with Temple. It's, it's just not for me. I'm sorry. Maybe one day I'll want to go back, but it only brings up bad memories and reminders of how much of a loser I am, right? I mean, what are you going to do? That's, this is what happens to me. I know you guys don't like when I talk that way, but I'm just saying that's the way I feel when I'm at Temple. You know, it's, for me, it's more like, oh, God, I'm here another year and nothing has happened. You know, it was, it was always just a reminder and it just got worse and worse. So with this thing, I was talking to my mom, and they have people singing, and they have a band, and they have, and the songs are real. You know, they're not good, great, but they're but they're good and they're entertaining. And I said to my mother, I'm like, you know, if our temple had done this and made it a little bit more entertaining, we probably still be going to temple. And my mother agreed, and then I was talking to my sister, and she completely agreed too. And then we realized that this channel of watching this you know Zinnica kind of brought us together that we all felt we were together on the holiday even though we were all watching from separate locations and that's what it's supposed to do I guess temple church whatever it is and then the thing is the people that like temple or church the people that really get into it I think what it is is like we just never found a temple that spoke to us or a religious you know, place that spoke to us, because I think that's the issue. If you find a, a temple that, you know, this, this rabbi is unbelievable, or, or, you know, a church where like, oh my God, the reverence, uh, he speaks so eloquently and the music is good. If you found a place like that where you feel like you fit in, kind of like a comedy seller in the old days, and you feel like you fit in, then you'd probably want to be all in on, you know, temple or church or whatever it is. And I think that's what it comes to. So it being forced on you and having to force to go and forced to, you know, go to the temple your parents go to sucks. But when you grow up and you were able to find a place, I mean, if I grew up with this, I don't think they did this kind of stuff back in the seventies, but if you find like a temple and a good, and a, and a cantor and a, and a, somebody who's playing the guitar in a fun way, then you could say like, you know, this is okay. I've told you before, I used to go to church on Sundays with my friend, John Benton, uh, when I was in sixth grade, we go to Dunk. We take our bikes. Or fifth grade, we go to Dunkin' Donuts on Sunday, and then we go to church. He went to church, and I used to go with him. And I'm like, see, this is so much more entertaining. I've always said that church is much more entertaining because, you know, the fact that you're going to go to hell is, uh, you know, much more entertaining that uh, than just being like, eh, what are you going to do? We're Jews. There's nothing you can do about it. it. It's not just much that, but it's you know, there there is a, a more entertaining factor I feel to it or. Or maybe there was at this particular one. and But that's the thing. It doesn't matter what the religion is. And you need to be more entertaining. You can't just phone it in. 
That's what religion is all about. It's a big bunch of phonies just telling you, you know, come on, we need your money. We want your support. We want you here. And I, as the rabbi or reverend or priest, needs to be more entertaining to keep you involved. And so many phone in it. We had this rabbi. He was a mess. He was such a weirdo. He sucked. But, you know, where, where are you going to find a rabbi or, you know, a priest or a reverend that's, like, really excellent? You know, it's hard to find the really good ones. The really good ones that are going to, you know, give a sermon that's going to be like, oh, my God, this is, a, this is amazing. This is a life-changing experience. It's very rare. But that uh, was really fun to actually, like, watch it. I felt better. Like, I wasn't just kind of blowing off this stupid holiday, which has been, you know, a burden for so many years. And I don't know. It was just interesting that we all three of us kind of felt that way and felt connected, which was good. That's the way it's supposed to go, right? Anyway, on Friday after I left, what I wanted to say was like, so I decided to stay home, right? And I'm like, I'm good with this decision. I'm really good with this decision. All of a sudden, start at 8 o'clock at night, there's all this noise on my street. They're cutting up all the pavement. They're dropping metal beams. There's like all this noise. And you know, I've been having so much trouble with my neighbors. So my neighbors are stomping. There's all this shit outside. And they take away the city bikes. You know, they take away the only thing. So I'm like, oh, man. And they haven't been back for a week. Even though it's been horrible weather here in New York, I wouldn't have been able to take them anyway. But it's like bothering me because now it's like, you know, I'm taping on Friday. I want to Monday. I definitely want to ride to work. And I don't think the bikes are here. Like they're, they're. the the street is ripped to shreds which means it's friday night again i get the feeling it's going to happen again and it's so loud and annoying and you're just trying to like enjoy yourself and feel like an idiot being home on a friday night anyway and that and do you need that it's such a pain in the ass it's like i can't get any rest from it so it's so weird i got these new neighbors i've never 20 years lived here Never had problems upstairs like most people do. They're stomping. They're doing stuff. I started to document it. I thought I, mean, I told the super. I don't think he said anything. They're awful, awful people. I've never met them, but I can't wait to to punch them in the face. It's horrible. It gives me a headache. It makes me upset. Everything about it is bad. And then I go to work, and all of a sudden, the same thing on top. And my boss goes, what the hell's going on up there? I'm like, I don't know, but it's driving me crazy because it keeps following me around. They go to my mother's house. Same thing. They're like, why are those people stomping around up there? Like now it's like, I, I guess I just got to like, oh, this is my life now. There's always going to be somebody above me. But the thing it is for me, and I think I told you this, is that it's just so extra devastating because that is what I grew up in. My dad stomping, coming down the stairs. I knew he was going to, you know, I'm just sitting there watching the $6 million man enjoying myself. And I know it's all going to end because he's in a bad mood and he's just going to start yelling and screaming and maybe hitting. And just that noise of the stomping coming down the stairs. So it's like extra in my head that this is a nightmare. This, this thing that's happening right now brings me back to being a little boy that's about to get in big trouble for who knows what. Just watching TV downstairs, you know, that's his TV. Well, where were we supposed to watch? That's the family room, quote. Pretty shitty fucking basement family room. But he had his own TV in his room, too. He's just He was just angry anywhere I was. And it just, that noise brings me back. And it makes me so fucked up. 
And sometimes when I'm recording the podcast or doing the Tuesday show from my house, I hear it and it, it loses my concentration. I go back to 1975 and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to get through this show. I'm never going to be able to watch it again because it'll never re-air. I have to wait, all su- I have to wait till the summer, maybe. And then I can't start it from where I left off. Oh, man, television is so great now. Speaking of what, what's not so great is I saw the movie. I was looking forward to seeing the movie Elvis. I think I woke up in the middle of the night when I'm like, all right, let me watch. I'm really excited to watch this. Tom Hanks is Colonel Tom Parker and some unknown good-looking kid is Elvis. I'm like, this, this looks like it'll be great. I talked to my friend Lindsay. She said it's great. I actually wanted to go to the movie and see it. This is the worst fucking movie I've ever seen. It's, it's worse than Pinocchio. It's so horrible. So I'm sitting there watching. It's, I didn't know it was directed by this idiot Baz Luhrmann. This guy's the fucking worst. This guy doesn't know how to tell a story. He's just a moron. I mean, I guess he's got a directing style that I don't like. So I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Now I know never to watch Moulin Rouge. I've never seen it, but I hate musicals where they use uh, songs from that aren't originals, you know, whatever. Anyway, this Elvis movie stinks. I'm watching it for an hour, and then at the hour point, the exact hour point, not I didn't know it was an hour, at this one point, I just go, oh, my God, how much longer is this? I press the pause button. I'm like, another hour? I turned it off. And I'm not like that. I usually want to see it through. I'm like, oh, I'll pick it up another time. And I've never had any desire to pick it up another time because it stinks. So I talked to my sister yesterday. She saw it. She said, oh, my God, the same thing. She's like, I don't know what kind of story they're trying to tell. What is the point of this story? Who's Colonel Tom Parker? And who gives a shit? And why does he have this weird accent? It's a stupid accent, and they should have just messed with history in this case, and he should have been doing the uh, the cowboy from The Simpsons. Well, I've seen a lot of Elvises in my time, but you are the best. You know, something like that would have been much more fun if you're called, called, called Colonel Tom Parker. This is a stupid, stupid movie that really sucks, and I don't know, maybe it gets better in the last hour, but I will tell you the first hour stinks. I think my sister said that Liza, you know, my niece saw it and said, I don't know, it was, it, it was all right. And she only watched the first hour, too. So I think my, said, my sister said it even goes further downhill after that. So I would avoid that movie. On the flip side, of course, I would like you to watch it and then tell me what you think and tell me if I'm wrong. Because remember, this is going to be the class. So let me just tell you, all yesterday, this all happened where uh, I'm getting the syllabus together right? I got to have that by January. I got the dates I'm teaching. It starts the Thursday after Martin Luther King Day. The times, well, I believe they are, if I remember, I just found it last night. They came to me 5.30 to 7.10. How long is that? 5.30, 6.30. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, perfect. 5.30 to 7.10 every Thursday, eight weeks. That's half a semester because it's only a one credit course. Half a semester. Very exciting. It's all being set. It's all being, you know, it's all being handled. I I can't believe it's happening. I can't believe it's really happening. They're putting posters of the class all over the campus, which means my nephew's going to see the posters, but I haven't told him yet. So it's going to be exciting when he sees it. They're putting, I don't know whether, I think my picture might be on it too, which is hilarious. That's why I'm trying to find a good picture, but you got to have like kind of a serious one. Because you can't have the one with me drinking at the bar. I guess that's not the proper college campus uh, picture to have. So I don't know. I got to send them one today. But they're really promoting the class. And they feel like if it gets, 
you know, if if it does well and people are really signing up, then we'll probably do a second semester, which would be really exciting. But I'm very excited. Just eight weeks, an hour and 40 minute class. I mean, it's going to be insane, right? So anyway, I told you I got recommendations from Sarah Silverman and uh, my friend Mark Opal and this girl, Mary Beth, that I taught at their class in, um, in New Jersey one day. And they sent recommendations. I send them in. And I'll read you those recommendations next week. But today, I've been promising this for a long time. I have to give my college transcript in. Now, they have sworn up. I'm putting my reading glasses on because they're very small. And they're from the 80s. They have sworn up and down that I will not be judged on these grades. They're only looking to see that I got all my credits and that, you know, that's a real thing. Even though I told them the school burned down. Now, the, but so I'm, I want to tell you all this now because I feel once my students, you know, find out that I have a podcast, I certainly don't want them knowing these awful grades or my favorite part, my class ranking. Are you ready for this, folks? Now, I'm going to be teaching here. Now, I know things are different. It's been 40 years, but this is not good. <laughs> but of course, what did they call the uh, guy that graduated lowest in medical school? <laughs> Doctor. So I'm just saying. So my ranking, out of 335 people in my graduating class at Ithaca College, my ranking, get ready, 331. I told you I pretty much graduated lowest in the class. And those other four are probably bots. Joking, of course. My average was uh, (laughs) 2.171. I told you, I graduated with the lowest you can graduate, but I graduated, I had all my credits, and uh, got my degree. But this is absolutely hilarious. I'm going to show it on the bonus show, of course. In August, or in the fall of 82, right? That's when I started. All C's, intro to theater, Intro to drama, intro to fiction, American film, and then a psych development, right? So it's all stuff I love, all C's and C minuses. And ironically, one math class, I got a B plus. So where does that make sense in the world of Dave Juskow? All C's, intro to theater, intro to drama, intro to fiction, and an American film class, all C minuses. <laughs> you gotta love it and then that spring year uh oh i see i did a little better what is this eight oh a history class okay so the history class and a mass media class and an intro to drawing i got b's i got c's in algebra and a fundamental writing course you know that of which i'm teaching it's hilarious and i got a d in reasoning i guess oh that's a philosophy class so I up my, you know, average a little bit with a couple of Bs, you know, drawing class. And then my sophomore year, I withdrew from a biology class because that wasn't going my way. And then I got all Cs in Shakespeare, uh, my history class, and, and public communications, like public speaking. I got a C plus. And the best is, the best of this whole thing, Wines and winemaking, a one-credit course, just the way I'm teaching. Wines and winemaking, a D. Wines and winemaking. Now I told you that class. I got that's the. 
I got a goddamn D. I thought it was just wine tasting, but there were all these tests, and the final was in French. It just wasn't the course I was. I thought we were just tasting a bunch of wines, and we were going to be. I thought it was a drinking class. It's a one. This is why I'm going to be a good teacher. I'm not giving anybody that takes my course a D. I'm not giving anybody that takes a one credit elective a D. Are you kidding me? A one credit course? That's not right. I mean, obviously, <sighs> guy pisses me off. I remember that guy too. Then it, it's it's just hard to read. Then uh, then the next semester I got uh, all C's and B's. Okay, so no D, all C minuses, and a B. All C minuses in my major, which was like social studies and oh, cultural anthropology, experimental psychology. Oh, I remember we had to go to a lab for that and stuff. All C minuses. And then the next year, okay, yeah, I guess I guess that's how I did it. All C's and a all C's, all C minuses, <laughs> geography, politics, America, general experimentation two, psychology, general experimental psychology two, and educational psychology, and then another psychology class. I don't know why I took all these, but I got a pass in that. But all C minuses. And a B in two, right, that's when I was going to be a teacher. So I got a B plus in that. And then I found out they were anti-Semites and things went downhill. So then in the spring, we have intro to acting. Intro to acting, I only got a B. Me, the greatest actor of our time. Microeconomics, C. The American Revolution, which is my favorite time period in all of history, which is why I became a history major, the movie, the play, 1776, my favorite, the only reason I became a history teacher, American Revolution, my favorite time period, I got D fucking minus. I hated that teacher so much. And then, in the teacher, I got a D plus. Then I withdrew from the education, another program, and then I got a B in some other education. So yeah, it just wasn't working out. And then I had to change my major because those anti-Semite teachers, they were really bad. They really were. I'm not just throwing it around. So then I guess it was my senior year, took Shakespeare again. I was doing so bad, I had to withdraw. The news of the day, which I'm going to be doing later, I got a C plus. I got a C in the history of Japan and a C plus on something else. And then action archaeology. Action archaeology. I'll never forget this class. I was like, this is some Raiders of the Lost Ark shit. This is going to be awesome. I had to withdraw from the class because it was like fucking horrible. The class left me there at one point. We went out on a field trip and they left me. The guy had to come. They hated me in that class because I was like a pussy. I was just like, well, I don't want to be in the dirt. <laughs> so I, I don't know what I was thinking except that Raiders of the Lost Ark was the greatest movie ever. So I wanted to take a class class called Action Archaeology. Why wouldn't I? But I did get an A, my only A. My only A the entire four years in bowling. And that was only worth half a credit. Bowling. See, I'm a jock. Isn't that unbelievable? And then I only had to take three classes in the spring. And I got all C's, all history labor movement <laughs> all that kind of stuff c's and if you remember correctly the labor movement one 
yeah, the labor movement one, I got a D. And then I wasn't going to graduate. And fortunately, the professor, his daughter went to school there too. And I was friendly with her. And she had her dad, like in Clueless, change his mind. And he let me do something extra and bumped up my grade so I could uh, graduate on time. And that is the hilarity of my college transcript, which I am terrified to show these people for that reason. But again, they've swore up and down that it's not going to be an issue. They're only looking at the credits. But I got to say, if I was putting together teacher, I'm like, we can't have this guy looking up. He's a moron. I'm like, but that was 40 years ago. I don't know. I say once a moron, always a moron. Now, you know, you put this out there and then you're like, you know, what, what, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, like, uh, I'm convincing them not to hire me, which, of course, this is what I do. This is why nobody's ever heard of me before. I like to sabotage everything. This is what I do. So I'm just starting off in the way I normally start off stuff. This is the way I run my life, you know. But again, it doesn't matter. Everybody here knows I can teach a course on the movie Clueless. Please, 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 please. Cher, are you saying these grades are based on your powers of persuasion? Uh, yes, are you proud of me, Daddy? Cher, I couldn't be prouder as if they were based on real grades. Cher, what's this all about? My report card. The same semester? Uh-huh. What'd you do, turn in some extra credit reports? No. Did you take the midterms over? Uh-uh. You mean to tell me that you argued your way from a C-plus to an A-minus? Totally based on my powers of persuasion. You proud? Honey, I couldn't be happier than if they were based on real grades. <laughs> so on Sunday, you know, when I was working again, I saw that crazy lady down in the lobby again. And I say, oh, did you see how Ohio State just beat the crap out of Rutgers? You know, I don't know why I even engaged in the conversation. She goes, well, you know, Mike Bloomberg bought the game. He bought the game. That's why they got, you know, he bought it to make sure or something. What it was it? I don't know what she was saying. Wouldn't he buy the game to make sure they lose to ruin her? I don't know. But I had to sit there. I'm like, look, I got to get upstairs. I don't know why I continue to talk. Well, I told you she is pretty. I mean, those of you who are on the Patreon who saw the um, uh, bonus show, you can see she's very attractive. Oh, so on Monday, I went to work. And you know how I love to party on Mondays. Well, I had, my friend's mother died and I had to go to the funeral. And this is the guy that set me up kind of with this Montclair, you know, this college teaching thing. So I went to his house. Because it's the right thing to do. You know, he had like a shiva, which is, you know, you have the funeral and you have all the stuff. And then people gather at the house so you can come at any time to pay the respects, which makes it a lot more convenient than, you know, having to go to Staten Island, you know, where she's buried. So it was a miserable day in New York City. It's a beautiful day today. But it's been miserable all week because of the remnants of Hurricane Ian. Um, you people don't know what suffering's like. Then three days of rain here in New York City. Let me explain something to you. No, it's really funny. <laughs> Try and complain about, oh, it's awful here. I talked to friends from Florida. Oh, my God, it is horrible here. I mean, we are just getting rain and rain. Oh, it just keeps drizzling. And it's really frustrating because it should be such a nice day. Anyway, I went to his, uh, so I get my car out of the garage at 5 o'clock. You know, I mean, I know this is going to suck. Driving through Manhattan in the rain on that particular day, you know, just um, getting out at 5 o'clock, that's going to be a nightmare. But I'm just trying to relax, trying to take my time, and I go. Now, remember I told you my, wi my wipers, which I told that guy not to fix, 
at the Jiffy Lube. They're like banging and banging, and I'm like, there's nothing I can do. I got to just deal with it. And I'm kind of laughing about it. And then all of a sudden, and I keep turning them off because the, the sound was so unbearable. I keep turning them off and just kind of letting it get wet and then putting it on again. I just keep fucking with them because they were so annoying. And the left wiper for the driver doesn't really clean at all. It's like just, it's just bad news and really dangerous. And so then I'm driving and I'm in traffic in New Jersey and waiting. And then finally the traffic goes and all of a sudden the right wiper just stops working. And I just started, I burst out laughing. I'm like, that's hilarious that that just happened. Fortunately, the driver's side wiper was working, but it was just so funny. I mean, what are the, that made so much sense. Cause it was clearly like, hitting that other wiper so hard it just stopped working you know i was just like that's well that's just absolutely classic and now i gotta you know back to jiffy lube thursday and get it fixed of course that is my favorite thing to do now now those guys when i leave i see you next week but they never charged me you know except for the last time when they fixed the battery which they totally did in fact i went there yesterday and the guy goes you know whoever put that battery and they put the terminals in upside down they did it all wrong i'm like you guys put it in oh well we fucked up Again, it's a jiffy loop. Not really expecting a lot of work out of them, even though these guys are amazing. So anyway, I went to this, uh, you know, Fiora, and my, as I said, my thing is I hang out until I'm asked to leave. That that's my contribution. I don't bring anything. I just hang out until I'm asked to leave. <laughs> I hang out till they don't want me there anymore. That's what I was thinking. If I'm the last to leave, that's what they'll remember. Hey, Jessica stayed. It was nice. That's what you hope. Anyway, I met this guy there, and he was really cool. And he was on the Uncle Floyd show. And if you remember correctly, a couple years uh, or, or we were talking about Billy Joel, but I played it on this podcast too. I was talking about the Uncle Floyd show, and I was talking about how David Bowie, John Lennon, and Iggy Pop used to watch this show, which was on like UHF cable when we were growing up. And then he wrote a song about it. I played it for you once before. I'll play it again now because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> what everyone on the show would be doing? <laughs> Why, Oogie, I think about that all the time. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Take Skip, for instance. <laughs> he wouldn't have anything to worry about. He, he always had a good job as a radio announcer, and he, he would have been in showbiz anyway. How about Muggsy? Muggsy would never have to worry. He's a musician. He can always work as a musician. And Neto, Neto wouldn't worry. He wouldn't even notice the show was off the air. <laughs> and how about Charlie? <laughs> he wouldn't have to worry. He's <laughs> he still lives at home. Talks 
and flickers gray Only slip away Slip away Once a time They nearly might have been Bones and oogie on a million screens No one knew what they could do Except for me and you They slip away Oh, it's so funny. So this guy, he said, oh, I was on the Uncle Floyd show. My band was on once, and he sent me the clip. And, um, yeah, maybe I can play it on the bonus a little bit. I, it, I, 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 I'm so, I was so excited. It was like meeting a movie star. And I'm like, wait, you were on the Uncle Floyd show? I mean, and it's such a stupid show, and really anybody could have gotten on that show. But it, it was the later years where they got, like, a better studio, so it's not as exciting as... The one that Bowie and John Lennon were watching, which was just in like one camera and a background in his house. And when you just picture David Bowie and John Lennon watching this show and then Bowie was so obsessed, he writes a later song about it in the 2000s called Slip Away. I mean, that is awesome. So, you know, like I said, I've never had a bad time in a funeral. I was go. They had very weird food because they're like healthy and I have a picture of it. They had this one platter, and it had, like, lentils in it. I was fear. I'm like, who the fuck would bring a tray like this? Who in their right mind would bring a tray like this to somebody's funeral? And then it turned out it was my friend Evan's wife. She goes, oh, I bought that. Well, you didn't let me finish. What I meant was, who wouldn't bring a tray? I, this is a delightful lentils. Come on, people. That's not right. Nobody wants healthy at a funeral. You want to go for it all? Like, fuck it. Let's just eat bad. Where are the wings? I guess people don't think the way I do. They think the opposite way. Anyway, I go back home like at 1130, 12 o'clock. I didn't get home till like 1 in the morning. And of course, I got to wake up at 530. But I don't care about that anymore. I'm Now I'm good to go. I drop the car off in the garage. And I start walking. And, I'm, and it's really rainy and cold and i'm walking and my shoes suck the shoes i bought are good because they're waterproof but they're really slippery and remember i've told you on 57th street like by tiffany's and stuff they make the concrete slabs like special but they turn out to be very slippery when it rains so i'm kind of sliding and and walking in a slide kind of like the way tim conway used to you know do it on the carol burnett show when he was playing that old man and it's like really embarrassing i'm walking and I get to this one, you know, like wheelchair access place right by Tiffany's and I fall forward and like fall into a puddle on my knees. I totally fucked up my knee, but I fell on my hands and then I instantly got up because I was so embarrassed and I was hoping nobody was behind me and I just kept walking, which is exactly what happened when I get hit by a car. The guy ran over my foot and I just instantly got up because the embarrassment, it's just like instinct to get right up. And then I just kept walking, but my 
knee was all bloody and bruised and awful. But my pants didn't rip, which is a miracle, thank God, because these are my favorite pants because they, you know, they stretch. <laughs> but I was like, this sucks. I mean, this just sucks. I'm like, you know, I was wearing a suit and I tripped and it's so embarrassing and my knee still hurts and I didn't have really anything to clean it with. I put it in the shower and then when I went to work, I put some Neosporin and a Band-Aid wouldn't even hold. They have horrible first aid kit shit there. But at least I was able to walk, so that's good. Because I really, I, I could have really fucked up everything. But I just totally slid right forward. Those stupid wheelchair access things that are supposed to help people, they're in hindrance when they're all slippery and awful. I took a picture of it, the picture of it the next, yesterday, when I went past it again, so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. I just can't believe some of these slabs on 57, I told you, they're so slippery when it rains, I just have to shuffle along. Or I got to get new shoes. I just can't seem to find ones that don't slip and slide. Even those boots I have don't seem to do the trick. I'm going to end up falling really bad one day, and it's not cool. Plus, you know, being drunk and high doesn't help. Being fat, drunk, and stupid doesn't help. You gentlemen seen your midterm grades yet? Well, they're not posted yet, sir. I've seen them. Mr. Kroger. Two C's, two D's, and an F. That's a 1.2 grade average. Congratulations, Kroger. You're at the top of the Delta Pledge class. Mr. Dorfman. Hello. 0.2. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Mr. Hoover, president of Delta House. 1.6. Four C's and an F. A fine example you set. Daniel Simpson Day. Has no grade point average. All courses incomplete. Mr. Blue... Mr. Blutowski. Zero point zero. So yesterday, finally, it was good weather. I mean, really, for like five days, it had been really shitty. Yesterday was perfect. So I was thinking about making plans with Jeff, and I'm like, you know what? I just want to take a drive because it's such a beautiful day. I went to get my car. And, of course, there's another moving truck right in front. I'm like, well, when are you guys leaving? They're like, oh, five minutes. And I'm like, well, can I? I can't. Oh, it's so difficult. to. I'm like, come on, man. I just want to get out. And I just, like, went over there. You know, they have that thing where they lift. And I just went over it with my car. But it's so hard to make a left-hand turn because there's construction there. It's a goddamn nightmare. I think I took a picture of it. It's such a nightmare. So then I went to the Jiffy Lube, and I told him that the wipers don't work again. He's like, ah, I shouldn't have messed with it. But he came out, and he fixed it. Now, I took video of this. This is hilarious. So they fixed the wipers, or he's really trying hard to fix it because something's wrong with the motor. But wait till you see the way these windshield wipers work in this old car, which they clearly don't make it like this anymore. It looks just like Doc Brown created a time machine out of parts from the 1800s it really looks like an old-fashioned like this wait how can this be a time wait till you see it i took the video i even took a video of leon and uh, andre <laughs> my friends at chiffy loop and again they didn't charge me they put in some steering fluid because you know the power steering is gone it was fine still didn't try to i'm like i'm giving i'm like come on take 10 bucks at least because this is ridiculous that you guys aren't charging me even though it's kind of their fault but you know they just spend a lot of time on it but it's, it's an amazing place, this uh, Jiffy Loop. It's keeping the car going. 
But this video of the windshield wipers, wait till you see it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about once you see these things. And so then, you know, I saw my mother, right. And this time I had to make a call to State Farm Insurance. You know, it's always a call I got to make to something because she fucked up something. And she's like, oh, we want to get our premiums fixed. I, oh, it's a, oh, so wait. So I, that's right. I was late. So Beth decided we were going to go to this new Chinese place by my mother's house. It's called Pygon Pi, Pi, Pavilion. I can't remember what it's called. Pygon Pavilion. Maybe that's what it's called. It's right by my mother's house. This is a fancy schmancy Chinese place, which my friend Joe told me it's packed at night. It's like a club. You know, they got music, it's clean, it's nice. I didn't think it was clean. So I was pretty angry at the whole thing, of course. You know me. The silverware was not clean. The waiter, I saw him in the bathroom. I don't know what he was doing in there. The bathroom's nice, but they got the music playing. But the the food's supposed to be really good. So I was just like, whatever. I wanted to go to the old place. But we went. They bring it out, the soup and fancy bowls. And they bring out the dish. Very fancy. Now, I've taken pictures of all this so you can see. Now, the thing is, my sister and my mother got the pineapple chicken, which was okay. I thought flavorless. I thought the wonton soup was flavorless. They have spring rolls instead of egg rolls, which pissed me off. Flavorless. So I don't know what's so great about this place. However, then they say on the menu, and I took a picture of the menu, they say this is the best chicken and broccoli ever. Now, I normally would not order chicken and broccoli, but what am I not going to They say on the menu it's the best chicken and broccoli ever, and you know my favorite thing to do. I want to be like, well, well, well. You've now put yourself out there. Well, I got to say, it was pretty good, but it was definitely not the best ever. There's some ingredient missing. I don't know what it is, but it is very good. It's very good. It is not the best ever. I don't know where the best ever was, but it was very good. Then they have this like coleslaw, which was like actually outstanding, and they give you it was the lunch special, but um, you know I got white rice instead of vegetable fried rice. Nobody wants vegetable fried rice. You're getting fried rice. Get pork fried rice. But it wasn't bad. It was pretty good meal, but it was, you know, pricey and stupid, but it was packed at lunch and it was surprising. And then I didn't get uh, they gave the fortune cookies and Beth didn't want her. So I opened it. There was no fortune in it. And then I bought it to the manager. I'm like, there's no fortune. He goes, oh, that's good for you. Good. No news. Good news. And I'm like, why you son of a. Although I guess there's I suppose there's something to that. You son of a. But I'm excited to show you the picture. So then. I leave my mother's place, and I'm just killing time. There's no way I'm going home anymore. Now, obviously, my Thursdays are going to change because I'm going to be teaching. But there's no way I want to go back to New York City at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm just kind of – I go to this Barnes & Noble. I just sit in the parking lot there, and I'm, like, playing video games. I don't know what to do. I could go to Montclair and see this guy play the guitar, which I really wanted to do, but nobody was getting back to me at what time or where it was. So then I called my friend Chris Donahue again. And I said, can we go to Kelly's again? Should we go to Kelly's? And I was like nervous because I just had a big Chinese meal. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Because this time his wife told me what they're really known for Kelly's is not the gobbler, which of course is my favorite, but they're Reuben. They have a gigantic Reuben sandwich. But people can never finish. So they also have a mini Reuben. And I'm like, well, I guess I should try that if that's their signature dish. And you say it's great. Well, I'll just tell you right now, I'll save it for you. It wasn't that great. It was okay. I'm mad that I got it. What I should have gotten was the gobbler without the cheese. That's what you do next time. But the most important thing is what we're talking about. Is like, I've got, you know what? I told them, I'm like, I need to try the sushi here. Because I came up with the theory that since it's a fisherman bar and it's opened at seven, 
maybe their fish is very fresh. So those guys told me, Chris and his wife told me, you have to go up there and order. I'm like, oh, I'm not going up there to order it. They're like, well, that's what you have to do. And I'm like, are you sure you can't just order it from the bar? They're like, no, you got to go up and order. I'm like, well, then can you go up and order it? Those guys don't know anything about sushi. They didn't understand. I said, I just want two pieces of tuna. Two pieces of tuna. I send Monica up there to get it. She she can't, She's like, wait, do you want to? And then the guy comes over. He's like, no, what do you want again? You have to order it at the bar. And I'm like, what? They got everything they got was wrong. The Reuben sucked. They didn't know that you, you ordered sushi at the bar. But the important part of the thing, but it was still fun and funny. And uh, I had a really good time. But the point is, I ordered just two pieces of tuna. I mean, it couldn't have been any easier. I ordered the easiest thing, and there were so many complications. Wait, you want two orders of tuna? And I'm like, what's two orders? Well, each piece is an order. All right, then, two orders of tuna, you fucking weirdos. What the fuck you got to word it like that for? What am I yelling about? I'm ordering sushi. I said, seriously, I might as well order sushi at the gas station. But I got to try it. What if it's amazing? It wasn't. It's exactly the way it's supposed to be. It's awful. And what was awful about it, not so much the fish, but the rice was just not right. It was really weird. Of course, all this makes sense because why would you order sushi at a place like this? But just in case, to report back to you guys, I had to check. So like I said, it wasn't hard. And they cut the house into four pieces. It was Everything about it was weird. But that's all right. The guy has one job. He's like, wait, um, so wait, you want two pieces? I'm like, nobody's coming to you. I don't know why you have a sushi bar. Just Jesus Christ. And then we ordered the potato skins again. This time I did take a picture. And then I got the Reuben. And the Reuben, of course, full of cheese. But it just wasn't very good. I mean, I've had better, I've had very better Rubens than that. It was just okay. Obviously, I ate it. I left a lot over because it just, because well, I'd already had a full Chinese meal before for lunch. It was just okay. But we had three beers, and those were excellent because I finally got the Oktoberfest. This is the time of the year. And I guess we watched the first half of the game, and then, uh, and then I started going home, but I remember I had to stop at CVS because I wanted to get some uh, vacuum stuff or something. I don't know, but I ended up buying cookie dough bites. I don't. I didn't eat them. And then I had to stop at a quick check to get some coffee for the ride home, and then I made it completely home. However, while I was on the turnpike, these motorcyclists, you know, people have been complaining about these crazy motorcycles going on. They all pull up in front of me and, like, go real slow so I can't pass them. It was terrifying. I really wanted to hit them. And then they took off. But it was so weird because I was like, you know, kind of just enjoying myself, listening to the radio. And all of a sudden this like weird thing happened where I'm like, wait, is anybody else seeing this that they're not letting me through? It was really weird. And it's stupid for motorcycles to do that because you really just can plow them right down, which is what I wanted to do. I thought I almost called the cops, which I was thinking about doing today because I know exactly where the mile marker was. And I'm sure, um, you know, they can figure out toll wise who these idiots are and while we were at the bar this guy goes uh it was really funny my friends were amazed it was like well, are you dave Juskow?" and i'm like well yes i am <laughs> and he's like yeah you were at my friend lee's wedding and uh whatever is this guy from elementary school or something and he's like yeah we all went to uh, i well we went to edison high and uh, and chris is like it's uh, his wife was just like well, how does he know everybody everywhere he goes no i think people know him but that was exciting. The guy was really nice. And I'm like, well, how long have you been working here? Uh, let me see. On Thursday, it'll be 22 years. <laughs> and he was probably there last time and served us. And we just didn't recognize each other. He was really nice. 
and it was great. So now I want to go there all the time, which I wanted to do anyway. I love that place. It's full of people. I might be the you know most attractive man there, which is really saying something. And I don't know. I just like it there. I like that they just have the... Oh, they had uh, an Oktoberfest special. All anti-Semitic dishes. You know, bratwurst. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I might be the only Jew in there. And that is exciting in itself. What's your name? Allison? Yeah. Allison what? Puchnik? Puchnik? Nice. And he said, boys, never worry. So what are you telling me? You work through Stevenson all the time or what? No, no, no. I'm uh, I'm in the midst of doing my thesis. On what? A political commitment in 20th century literature. You're like New York Jewish left-wing liberal intellectual, Central Park West, Brandeis University with the socialist summer camps and the the father with the Ben Sean drawings, right? And they really... You know, strike-oriented kind of. Uh, I'm stopping before I make a complete imbecile of myself. No, that was wonderful. I love being reduced to a cultural stereotype. Right, I'm a big, you know, but for the left. Well, I might have gotten a C plus in News of the Day in the fall of 1985, but I feel I get an A for my hot take on the news of the day in 2022 am i right let's look at what's happening in the news today i love it everybody apparently miss usa was monday and they crowned miss texas it at uh as miss usa but there's this big controversy that all the other people are furious because they knew it was set up beforehand. She, you know, the winner gets like uh, free Botox and she was getting it beforehand. They were Instagramming. The person who does the pageant, this crystal something who's in charge, the president, like um, like Candace Bergen in the Sandra Bullock movie, was like braiding her, Miss Texas's hair. So it felt the other contestants were like, this is so set up. This is pathetic. And when she won, they all left the stage. None of them went to hug her. And nobody had ever seen anything like it. But the funny thing is, who cares? I mean, it's not like Miss Texas isn't gorgeous, this girl. She's Filipina, uh, you know, Asian, whatever. So they're very excited because they think it's the first one. And it seems like everybody kind of knew it was going in that direction. So it's funny for these other girls to complain. But haven't we just seen from history that all beauty pageants are fixed so i'm not exactly sure what the news story is here they're all fixed we've always known i mean no who cares if they're fixed or not i mean do you feel bad for these other girls that work really hard yes but going in you have to realize it's all fixed unless you're blowing the judges and even that sometimes doesn't help anymore your prompt the chances of winning are very slim it's a one out of 50 one out of 51 can the Puerto Rico, you know, and they, they want aid. They want aid. But, you know, you got to join the U.S. Hey, I'm keep telling you, become the 51st state. And we'll see what we can do over there, you know. Hey-ho! Take your parade somewhere else, too, jerk-offs. Yeah, that's right. I have no problem with the Puerto Rican people. Them and the Dominicans. Just take your parade and shove it up your ass. Bring it anywhere else. Have your parade in Brooklyn or Queens, anywhere else. 
Have it on a boat in the river. Get out of town with that fucking parade. Thank you. This guy uh, was reviewing that the, he's saying, sorry, Beatles, the material girl, Madonna, singles are even more fabulous. Well, that's a wonderful thing to say, but of course that's ridiculous. And then he's saying why Madonna should be more cherished, you know, the word, because of her work, even though the Beatles had, what, 20 top, top number ones and she had 12, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 20 chart toppers to Madonna's mere 12. But those numbers hardly tell the whole story. I don't think anybody's saying they don't. Most of us know, but yes, maybe it's true. We don't, we don't remember. We don't think of the Beatles, the Beatles. He's right in that sense. But if I don't think, I think if you bring Madonna up at the conversation, nobody would say like, oh man, she, she was just a loser. No, I mean, she really is amazing when you do. I guess that's what he's saying. You know, stop and think about all she did. And she co-wrote a lot of those songs. And her career was really unbelievable. I mean, it really is. Now, I don't know whether the songs hold up or not. That's where I say, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, does Borderline hold up to Here Comes the Sun? I mean, it's off the top of my head. Uh, they don't really play Borderline anymore. It's very, it's very dated. And yet, the Beatles tunes are very dated too, and yet they continue to hold up. So I don't know. But nobody's putting anything past it. Just, I think we just want Madonna to kind of shut up and, and be normal now at this age. We know, I mean, she is a forward. She was awesome. She is awesome. Everything about her is pretty cool. Her quirkiness makes sense. But now it's like you want her to just be like, you know, you're 65. So, you know, just uh, take it down. And, you know, enjoy your, your accolades as, as, as what you've done in this business. And, and the, the stabs you made where there couldn't be half of the, really, it's... <laughs> It's very, I mean, you know, okay, I'm friends, my best friend is Sarah Silverman, yes. But the fact of the matter is, there's no Amy Schumer, there's no Whitney Cummings, there's none, none of these girls that are, you know, pretty in comedy without Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman's a fucking pioneer in comedy. And I'm not saying that because she's my friend. It's a fact. Everyone knew in the 80s and 90s that pretty girls couldn't do comedy. Pretty girls couldn't do comedy. That's what it was. Pretty girls, nobody thinks they're funny. And Sarah broke that mold and blew the fucking door off of it. And then all these unfortunate, all these other idiots came in. You know, there's a couple of good ones and there's a lot of bad ones. That's always going to happen. But listen, she, I, at this point, starting when she was you know, 30 years in the business of being relevant, she is like Madonna. There's no... J-Lo or especially uh, Katy Perry or Britney or Christina Aguilera without Madonna. She started it all. And it's damn impressive. I just wanted to be like, you know, not pretend she's, you know, remember Carol Channing. I don't know if you know her. She's a Broadway star. And when I say star, I use the term loosely. But, um, oh, God, she was dressing in like these little short shorts at like 90. I've, I've told Sarah to stop wearing that, too. She wears like these shorts and these uh Fishnet stock. I'm like, please, please stop wearing that. It's driving me crazy. Hey, she told me to stop wearing my earring when I was 40, and I, I'm, 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 she's probably right, but I still miss it. So it's my pleasure to do the same thing.
in Rome at the uh, Vatican, some, unfortunately, American tourist was so mad he couldn't meet the Pope, he smashed all these statues. And, of course, he's arrested and stuff. But since that's, you know, the Vatican, and it's a whole diff- bunch of different rules, I hope they execute that guy. I mean, really, that's what you should get if you deface the Vatican. That's like the most sacred place ever. And, and I really feel like he should just be put in jail forever, never let go, and maybe executed. Why not teach him a lesson and teach anybody that's going to do that a lesson? And I feel like they can get away with it because it's like it's like a ground where nobody, like Italy can't say anything. It's like, isn't it run by the Swiss? Of course, they probably wouldn't do that, but I, I, I kind of want to see the, the throw the book at this guy in the worst way. Like he should have to end up in like the worst prison because everybody knows. Don't fuck around with that shit. What are you out of your goddamn mind? You're like that would be like burning the the first Torah or something, or the the only known uh, true statue of Jesus, and then you knock it over. I mean that you, you deserve your life is you should be, you should be finished. And so if you do it by accident, that's something different. But this guy did it on purpose. What an idiot! You, you don't. That was the first thing when I went to Ireland. I'm like, hey, you don't want to fuck around in other countries. Don't fuck around in other countries. That's my advice to you, and you're welcome. And finally, they say in the uh, in the paper today, there's a, a claim to profane that, a- according to a new study, Columbus, Ohio, tops the list of major U.S. cities where residents curse the most. New York, surprisingly, ended up on the list of cities where people tend to be the least profane. The most squares are Columbus, Ohio, which is so obvious because you're like, ah, crap, Uh, fuck, I live in Ohio, this sucks, that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame sucks, you can suck it, you fucking bastards. The other one is Las Vegas, ah, god damn it, I lost again, this thing is fixed, you fucking jerk-offs. The other one is Jacksonville, Florida. Why do I live in Jacksonville, Florida, you jerks? Fuck you. And I'm trying to be clean. And the rest of them all make sense. Except for San Francisco. That seems to be tied at number five. That doesn't make a lick of sense at all. That seems like a pleasant place to live. And the least swears, Phoenix, Arizona, makes perfect sense. And New York's all the way down at number four. But the, the point is, this is a stupid list, of course. It's a stupid study. Because anybody that wants to curse or likes cursing wouldn't take this study. You know, if somebody comes up to you on the street, hey, would you take a study about profanity? Get the fuck out of here, you jerk. <laughs> you know, I don't think they have their results correct because the people that are really cursing, you know, especially in New York, don't want to take the, they don't want to take the study. So the study is tainted. Just like the Miss USA pageant. You fucking jerkos. Oh, again. That's why we do this one in October. Hopefully nobody will find it when I start. You know, so I, I don't know. Does the podcast change in January? Do I have to change it just in case? Can students listen? I mean, I, you know, but I mean, it, or do you just continue to be yourself? It's a tough call. It's a tough call. You shouldn't want any trouble. But you got to figure at some point uh, the kids are going to be like, right, let me check this guy out. And then they're going to be like, oh, my God, he uses the N-word on a daily basis. He does. 
But listen, I think all of us who have listened to this podcast for the past two to three or four years, I think we all know I'm going to be camp. If I make it to the second day of class, it'll be a goddamn miracle. I told you the first day I was going to put out a thing like, hey, I can't be canceled. Sign this thing where I can't be canceled the first day. At least I get two days without being canceled. Let Let me get it all off my chest on this first day. Say all the wrong things. Like apparently the word baby daddy. Who knew that was, uh, you know, Marina told me that on her show. No, that's a very racist statement. It is? How else do you defer to somebody who has a kid with another guy that they're not married? I don't know. I guess it is. Hey, this is stuff I'm learning. That's why we do that show on Saturdays at 3. I'm learning. I'm learning. But, you know, things were different when I was growing up and when I was in college. And I might revert back to that. I'm like, geez, you know, when I was in college... Not even gonna say what I was gonna say. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm an idiot already. Oh. oh, I'm gonna. You know, it's gonna be one of those things where I'm just saying something off the top of my head, and they're gonna be like, "Professor Juskow, that's like really sexist and racist." I'm like, it is. One would hope that you know people would understand like that. You know, you're. I'm on a journey with you guys. I guess we'll learn together. What is racist? What is sexist? And what is considered woke? A journey. We'll all take it together. That'll be terrific, huh? 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 How are ya? Well, all that being said, it's a very exciting week. Uh, this week, figuring out all this stuff and the, the syllabus and the course record and all that kind of stuff is going to be great. We'll continue to talk about that uh, this week. On the Tuesday show, we have the awesome, ironically, Molly Heckerling, the daughter of the woman who invented Clueless. So that's perfect. She's a joy. So she will be on our show this week on Tuesday night. I believe we are putting out the Mexican Connection on Billy Joel. It is an instrumental tune, which I never heard before, but I I love it. It's really nice, and I make comparisons in the Billy Joel thing that you might like on this podcast that it sounds like an instrumental scene in the movie The Goodbye Girl with Richard Dreyfuss and Marsha Mason. Possibly another movie I might show in class. Not show the whole movie, but, you know, we might discuss it. Lately, I've been thinking about discussing the... Uh, I was talking about my sister yesterday because she remembers the movie, too. And I, we were talking about it on this podcast a couple of years ago called Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeve. And we were talking about it because Bob Sackett's funeral, they played the soundtrack to Somewhere in Time. It's so beautiful by John Barry, who does the Bond themes. I just thought that was an interesting one because the, you know, because one of the things we'll talk about in the class is the is premises, you know, like really interesting premises. You know, that's my favorite thing, you know, like um, like Notting Hill. All right. All right. I'm just saying, right. Notting Hill. What if. A regular Joe, uh, you know, starts dating the most famous person in the world. Okay, that's the thing. This is why I like this guy, Robert Rich Curtis. But somewhere in time, the premise is this guy, Christopher Reeve, goes back in time to meet this girl. But he goes back in his mind. And what happens? How does he do that? What happens? How does he do? You know, what's the turn? So that's interesting, too. But what we would point out is that uh, Christopher Reeve, now, I would see anything he was in, and we've talked about this before, because he's the greatest. He's just the greatest, because he's Superman, right? And his depiction of Clark Kent is the fucking greatest, the funniest, and he's the most awesome person ever. Lois, 
for goodness sake, didn't you hear me knocking? Uh-huh. Um, Lois, we uh, did, did have a date tonight, uh, remember? Oh. Lois, there's something I have to tell you. I'm really... I mean, I, I was, uh, at first, really nervous about tonight. Uh, but then I decided, well, darn it, I was going to show you the time of your life. That's Clark, nice. I was thinking maybe we could go for a hamburger or whatever. Especially if you're a little boy. He's the man. So you want to see anything he's in. But he is an awful actor. We've talked about this multiple times. And in this movie, he is just, I mean, he's good looking, so it doesn't matter. But he's really awful, and I would probably show scenes where he's an awful actor, but then point out, like, no one cares because he's so tall and handsome. He fits the part, and he's trying so hard, and people like him. And sometimes you can get away with a movie. I think we would talk about guilty pleasures and things like that, movies that aren't very good, but why do they make you feel the way they do? This is the kind of stuff I've been thinking about so I can put my syllabus together. What's your opinion? We'd like to know. That's what they used to do on Channel 11 when we were kids. The president of Channel of WPX would come, and they'd do this opinion. You're like, what's your opinion? We'd like to know. The New York State Board of Regents has taken another significant step toward better education by approving a new plan which requires both public and private high schools to keep their dropout rates below 10%. Through the thorough and methodical application of rules which establish accountability and professionalism in education, they are making a difference, and we think they deserve wide support for this latest action. What's your opinion? We'd like to know. Anyway, that is the show for this week, uh, October 11, 2022. Our next, uh, right, my next podcast, I'll be going to uh, Billy Joel, let you know how that was, so at least I'll be going out on Monday night. There'll be plenty of stuff to discuss as we continue to roll through this beautiful time of the year in the fall, at least here in New York City, it is a perfect, picture-perfect day. And I just hope all of you are having some a great fall weather and a good time and good foliage and just um, are enjoying the seasons of change if you live where seasons do change. And so you're uh, that it makes you somehow happy in a very dreary world, not 80s-like which, of course, was the most fun of all decades. Anyway, I hope everybody has a great week. I hope you watch the Tuesday show tonight, and I will see you next week on another exciting episode of Just Cow in the City. Good night, everybody. Take it easy.